Hello, my friends. Katie Day with the Moving to Texas team. We are here with another episode of the Real Advice Podcast. I'm excited to dig in with this week's guest, who's been absolutely crushing it in Greensboro, North Carolina, otherwise known as the Triad. <laughs> That's correct. Yes. Uh, anyways, please join me in welcoming Mila Smith. What is going on? How are you today? Hi, I'm doing so good, and I'm actually honored to be on here. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining. I'm excited to dig in. Um, we met in South Carolina at a yeah. thing over there. So it's cool getting to know you and your business and kind of the things you've done to scale um, your time and stuff like that. But for those that may not know you, who are you and how did you get into real estate? Hi, my name is Mila Smith. Um, I have been in this business for about six years now. Um, I originally started in the design industry. I was doing a lot of furniture trade shows. It wasn't um, as fulfilling as I had hoped. Um, I wanted something a little bit more fulfilling and challenging. And so I had found a friend who was doing real estate. I really loved what he was doing with his business, reached out to him. And he told me, hey, go to real estate school, interview with a firm. I mean, yeah. and I really took that to heart, A, B, and C. I did exactly what he said. Um, and when I came on to uh, the brokerage, Kelly Williams, and my first day, you know, I just remember the team leader, he was just like, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? And I was just like, I want to dominate, you know, before I had even gotten licensed, I was studying, you know, the best agents in the world, best entrepreneurs as a whole, their studies, their websites, their stories, you know, I was really excited, really hungry to succeed in this industry. So he uh, had matched me with a team that would be a good fit. Um, I really wasn't looking for a team, but I certainly wasn't opposed to it. Um, I feel like real estate has really made me cultivate a learning-based lifestyle. Yeah. And so hopping into a team, getting the systems, the structures, the energy, being around the lingo, absorbed that for about three years. And then um, after that first three years of being on a team and as an inside sales agent for that team, when yeah. as an individual agent. Um, so one of the things that I takeaway from that is like the inside sales agent, I think is a great role to start out in um, just to, to knock down those barriers and fears around the phone and conversations and just get those reps in. Right. Cause it's like day one as an yep. agent, if you're not on a team, you're like, all right, like I've been told to make calls. Who do I call? You know? And it's like, as an ISA for a team, yep. it's like, you've got plenty of people to make calls. to. I'm sure they had a pretty big database and, you know, new leads and just all the things. Um Yep. If you had to do things over again, or if you had to give advice to a brand new agent just licensed today, what would be your advice as far as like, this is what I think you should do? My advice would be to think bigger and know that you're capable. I feel like when I first came into this business, I had so many self-limiting beliefs of like, you started too young, you know, this market's so oversaturated, there's too much competition, you can't really make six figures, right? So in my head, I had already put so many limits on myself before I started. Um, and I wasn't really thinking outside of the box. Um, and then, you know, aside from that, I think just really like becoming the local market expert, like really taking the time to, um, educate yourself on the local trends, you know, the price points, you know, the construction styles, school districts, and the more educated you become naturally, you're going to feel a lot more confident stepping into the industry and speaking with consumers. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's huge. I think that there, there's just so much as far as that confidence factor that, you know, the, um, that really comes into play. Right. hundred um, percent. Well, and so, all right, you're on your team, 
on the team, then you went out on your own and did it on your own. Um, what was like the deciding factor or what was like the moment that you were like, okay, you know, this, this makes sense, um, you know, for me to, for me to do this on my own. Yeah, I think, you know, just like as a person, I'm pretty introspective. Like I'm always reassessing relationships on a personal and professional level, you know, Um, and I was looking at, you know, my sales for the year, you know, kind of sourcing where those sales had come from. And it made me realize that, you know, the greater half of my business was coming from my sphere of influence. You know, I felt like there had come, um, I'd hit a ceiling on the team that I wasn't getting as much value for as much as I was paying out. Right. And so I think it was just kind of having to step outside of my comfort zone and take that leap of faith into myself that really made me go into go mode even harder because it's like now, okay, you don't have those leads from the team. You know, you don't really have anyone to fall back on a TC. Like you are, you know, the star player here. You know, you're the showing agent, you're the admin, you're so and so. And it really taught me how to operate more as a business. You know, I figured out the logistics by myself, started implementing those systems by myself. um, And really, I know it's kind of cheesy, but 10 times in my actions, you know, like (laughs) if I was calling, if I was making 10 contacts in a day on the team, I needed to hit minimum 20, you know, and getting really intentional about like, what am I looking to earn? What's it going to take me to get there? You know what I'm saying? How many appointments do I need to go on? how many naturally are going to fall out, right? And so kind of taking that all into play and figuring out like um, the steps that I need to take in order to get where I'm going. Um, I'm laughing for those that don't see the video, they're just listening. Like I'm making the smirk on my face because most people leaving a team would be like, well, this is great. I'm going to be making double the amount of money for every deal or whatever it may be. So I only have to make five contacts instead of 10. Like you knew that like, okay, I'm fully responsible for generating all of my leads. So I have to mm-hmm. double my output to ensure that like I actually have those leads coming in. Um, and I feel like that's like, the thing that a lot of people don't do, right? They're like, all right, I'm going mm-hmm. out on my own. I'm going to make more money. This is great. And then they're like, oh, shit, I don't have any leads coming in. A hundred percent. And I think for me, the biggest thing and for most people getting off of a team is like, okay, you know, how am I going to replace those leads that I had coming in? And I touched on this in the uh, Greenville conference, but You know, again, thinking outside of the box when it comes to that, if you don't have the cash assets on hand to be able to buy into leads as an individual new agent, um, then OPM, leverage other people's money. You know, there's plenty of busy agents with, you know, databases that they're not touching, unfortunately. There's a lot of um, business that's missed. And so being able to create win-win relationships in your local marketplace and um, just start anywhere. Yeah. So one of the other things that you said when you were getting ready to leave the team was that um, you realized a lot of the business, when you looked at your year, you're like, well, I generated pretty much all of my business or I generated the majority of my Mm -hmm. business. What were the things that you did to generate business from your sphere and from the people that you were meeting and, you know, your personal contacts and stuff like that? Absolutely. So, I mean, everything's like 80-20. I would say the biggest um, percentage of my business has really come from social media. And I know we're hearing that a lot now because we're like in the digital era and everything comes from social media. But it's actually hilarious to me personally, because when I started um, on the team in 2016, you know, I had interviewed with every agent on the team. And, you know, 
they're asking me, well, you know, a little bit about yourself. How are you planning on succeeding? Where are you going to get your business from? And I remember I told this older agent and it probably came off as very naive to her at the time because, you know, 2016 Instagram wasn't as big. I was like, social media. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I have a really big community on social media. Yeah. I'm going to leverage in on this. And she looked at me like I was crazy. You know, she's like, oh, yeah, sure. You're going to start a business off social media. But, you know, um, for people to want to do business with you, they have to know and like you to know and like you, they got to get to know you. So if you're like following me on Instagram or anything like that, you'll know that like a lot of my stuff is very personal, uh, personable lifestyle stuff. And 20% of it is business because naturally I'm not here to really sell people on things. I'm here to be myself, educate, yeah. provide a value, have a good time. So naturally I'm talking about things that I'm passionate about travel, family, yeah. and People engage with that content. I engage with theirs. I really just love to make friends and it's been rewarding because, you know, this is a relationship-based business. I was on a call earlier today and someone said, like, if you could only make one type of content for the rest of your life, like, what would it be? And the person on the call was like, honestly, my best performing stuff are his dad jokes, right? And he's like, <laughs> not my market updates, not my real estate stuff, not my property tours, not my this, not my million dollar that, not my blah, 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 whatever. It's dad jokes. And he's like, because people then know me, they know they're going to get these corny jokes. Like I attract, you know, other parents or other, you know, whatever people think that it's, you know, humorous and you know, they <laughs> enjoy it. So, um, no, I would completely agree. And I think that it's, it's funny too, cause I'm sure, you know, you said 2016, right. was when you had the conversation, mm -hmm. when you interviewed with the team, like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that especially, you know, someone that's older, you know, than we are, was just like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. so which is kind of funny. Absolutely. And talking about like, you know, the dad joke thing, I, you know, I'm always studying my analytics, my engagement, how things are performing. And it's funny because if I do anything like personal stuff, you know, the engagement's through the roof, the views are through the roof. Whereas if I'm talking about real estate a lot on my story, everything is dropping by at least 50%. So it's really important, you know, what, from what I've seen to mix those two and to show people a side of yourself. And like, when you are talking about real estate, not just talking about the solds, but I'm a big storyteller. I've incorporated that into my business. You know, I think we have real estate provides us naturally a lot of great stories. Um, and so, you know, if I can tell somebody about how I not help this person get into a home, but minimize their cash to close fund, yeah. um, was able to, um, like I had a buyer one time, she couldn't qualify unless she had a co-signer. Mm -hmm. Her father could co-sign, but in order to do so, he had to restructure some debt. Long story short, we were able to help this man become debt-free, right? Um, and get his daughter approved. So it's these like, we yeah. have a real value to people outside of handing a, care, a pair of keys, you know, in someone's <laughs> palms. It's like, you know, you yeah. really are changing people's lives. And to me, it is so much more than a sale. Like, you know, I see, you know, that, that single mom that finally secured shelter her for, for her family or that first time real estate investor that's really trying to get financial freedom for their family. That means a lot to me. And so I talk a lot about that and I feel like it's reciprocated well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that here's the thing too, is like the, the performing content, you know, we're always looking for the stuff that performs. Right. Um, I think that like those stories and the things that like truly matter, if one or two people see that and they also have an issue that they needed a parent to co-sign or they, whatever, like, those are the things that I'm like, that has way more impact than like 50 people liking a post or a hundred people or 5,000 people or whatever it is, you know, like, um, 
And most consumers aren't going on to your social media and liking your posts. They're just there watching them, seeing them, you know, and consuming it. And then when it's time for them to reach out, like they like you, they enjoy seeing pictures of, you know, whatever else you're doing in your personal life. And then also, you know, that you've shared this, you know, 20% ish of real estate and information that can help them. So Yes. Like I have people that reach out all the time and it's like, Hey, I've been following you, watching what you've been doing, but I haven't seen their name pop up in like oh, yeah. months, year. I didn't even know you were still following me, but like, Hey, I'm so happy you're here. And I'm happy that we were able to stay connected. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one of the things that you talked about in Greenville that I thought was really cool was as an individual agent, some of the ways that you leverage your time. So what advice mm-hmm. could you give to someone like, cause I mean, every, I feel like every agent feels as if they're overwhelmed, but like for an individual agent that's feeling overwhelmed, yeah. like, holy moly. My day is so full. I just don't know like where to go. What would be like some tactical things that they could do to better leverage their time? Getting really disciplined about time management is one of the biggest ones, you know, because, um, you know, we make our own schedules, but like sometimes uh, we are our own worst enemies, right? It's really easy to get sidetracked from the activities that you're supposed to be doing. And so um, staying disciplined about like, you know, having a structure to your day for me personally, that looks like client management, taking care of my current escrows first thing in the morning, falling um, into uh, prospecting, follow up appointments, and then social media in the evening. So that schedule has yeah. worked really well for me. Um, you know, systems, templates, checklists, right? Like take off, you know, um, that mental anxiety of kind of like, what's next? What do I need to do? What do I need to get and have everything prepared? So you're grabbing and going, right? Cause that is our life. We're grabbing and we're going on to the next thing. And, um, and really building out a strong team around you. You know, I'm the kind of person that I want to do everything myself, but like, am I providing the highest level of service by doing everything myself? There are some tasks that you can absolutely delegate and let go of. Paperwork was the biggest one for me because I'm like, oh, do I really need to pay someone to do this paperwork? And like, I feel like, you know, I can do it. It's not a big deal. I like admin work, but you know, it wasn't valuable, you know, um, in return of time. Right. So, uh, First person I got was um, the, well, the showing agent was actually first. So the showing agent came first just because I am so buyer heavy. And there were so many times where, you know, multiple people want to see a house at once. I'm one person and I don't want that person waiting around me. And so I know you had uh, asked me at the conference, well, like, how do you, you know, sell that to the consumer? And, you know, because people, you don't want people feeling like they're going to be passed off. Yeah. And just having them understand that it is a point in convenience. I always offer people, hey, if you want to come with me in person, we can absolutely accommodate that. You know, I'm offering my showing assistant as an option so that if you ever, if I can't ever be at two places in the same time, you're not waiting around my schedule. Right. So that's been just huge. Um, as well as my transaction coordinator. I mean, I don't know what I would do without her personally, because it's allowed me to spend a lot more time going back into what I'm really great at, which is prospecting, taking appointments and getting my clients to the closing table. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, I would completely agree with you a thousand percent. Like I always like was like, oh yeah, I'm good at paperwork you know, I'm organized, I'm this, I'm that. And then when I got that great transaction coordinator, I'm like, oh, you know, like, you know, she, she's like, you didn't, you didn't date that page. You didn't initial yeah. this page. You didn't this. I'm like, all right. So I, I'm like, I'll just stop trying to do things. Like, clearly you're just way better at this than I am, you know? And that's something that like realizing that is helpful. Um, and that 
by giving up a little bit of that time and money and whatever, you're able to help way more clients or the same clients at a way higher level. And once you can kind yes. of see that, um, it really changes, changes things in my opinion. It changes everything because like there did, uh, there was a point where I was like, you know, hitting a little bit of a burnout because I was doing everything at once and the business was growing faster than I could, you know, prepare yeah. for. And so kind of like sitting down and reassessing, um, was just definitely one of the most powerful things that I've done in my business. For sure. Um, what are some things that you take a look at or you, uh, monitor as far as like, like numbers or KPIs or anything like that in your business. Cause like, it seems like you were like, all right, I studied my stuff before I left my team and I realized that my business is coming from here. So like, do you study lead sources? Do you study like how many buyers to contracts or like, what are some of the things that you would give as advice to an agent of like, cause most agents have no idea what their numbers are. Yeah, absolutely. So like there's a calculator online um, and you're able to kind of like put in, you know, how much you're looking to earn for the year. It'll break it down based on your average price point in your market. How many homes do you need to sell? Okay, yeah. well, what's the average fallout rate of your appointments, right? How many appointments out of the ones you're taking are you actually landing? So I'm tracking like calls, appointments, contacts, anything that can get tracked does get tracked, right? And um, I really resented that in the beginning as a newer agent, just because, oh, like keeping track of contacts. And it just, it seems like a lot, but if you don't have the understanding of like, you know, what's actually working and what's not, then you're just going in circles and driving yourself crazy. So definitely tracking um, those numbers and being able to look at my analytics on social media has been huge on kind of like when to post, what kind of content's doing well and what's not. Yeah. The thing that we always tell team members as well is by tracking calls, conversation, appointments, contracts, falling out, closings, all of that is like that helps us to train to the gaps, right? So if you made a Mm -hmm. thousand phone calls today and talked to zero people, then clearly you're not calling at the right time, day and time, right? So we need to adjust that. If you talked to 500 of those people and set zero appointments, then clearly what you're saying is not working, right? And so that way we're able to see you know, if you're not, um, obviously it changes for a brand new agent versus you today, but like, you know, if we're not seeing kind of the right ratios or we're seeing crazy numbers of a thousand phone calls with zero conversations, like, you know, we're able to normally see pretty glaringly obvious that, you know, there's an issue somewhere. A hundred percent. I think people get scared of these numbers, right? Because, you know, they're scared of maybe failing or, um, not hitting whatever goal it is that they had. But I think, you know, it's nothing to be, um, don't be resentful of numbers, scared about numbers. Like I was like, just understand that numbers tell a story. You need to know that story, you know, to get to where you're going and honestly be the author of your own story. Cause if, if uh, you're just going um, and not tracking anything and kind of going with the flow, you get into this state of stagnancy of almost like autopilot, right? Like what comes to me comes to me and we'll close that. But like, that's never going to be enough to actually like thrive in this business, make a name for yourself. So yeah, that's great advice. If you had to recommend a book or two or something that you've read that like really had an impact on you and your business, do you have a book or an author that you you've read or follow? Oh, you know, I would say, and this is going to be so cheesy, but the millionaire real estate agent, because it really is so powerful. Like it really is the blueprint, you know, it kind of 
broke down everything in terms of like mindset, leverage, pace, right? Budget. And that for me was able to take all these moving pieces to a puzzle and be able to compartmentalize it by chapter, right? And be able to internalize, okay, that's what I need to accomplish. How am I going to incorporate that? You know, because a lot of these other books, I mean, they're all great, right? But a lot of these other books, we hear a lot of the same thing in, you know, in real estate and coaching and um, just get out in front of people, make the calls and et cetera. But being able to have a very detailed game plan of like what you need to do in order to uh, achieve massive results definitely makes a difference. For sure. I'd completely agree. I had to read that book over like 10 times because it is so much, but it's very powerful. It's also one of those things too, that I feel like when you reread a business book, depending on when you're reading it again, it's normally a year later or longer or something like that. And when you read it again, it's going to hit you differently than it did that first time, or you're going to have a takeaway. I mean, same thing if you just even like, if you, if you don't read, if you're listening to this and you don't read, like if you're listening to a podcast or you're listening to a YouTube video or a motivational speech or something like that, like something's always, if you want, listen to the same thing every day, something different's going to hit you every day. So absolutely. Yeah, it catches you at a different point in your life and you can always yeah. take something from, you know, that moment. For sure. For sure. For sure. All right. I'm going to hit you with a hard hitting question that stumps a lot of people. And that is, if it were your last meal on earth, what would you <laughs> be eating? Oh, that is a hard one. Hmm. This is going to be awful because it's like not very healthy, but I would have a Chick-fil-A sandwich with a slice of American cheese, a buffalo sauce, and a frosted lemonade. I answered that with no hesitation. I knew right where I was going. <laughs> we know where your cheat meals go then. I, I would yes. assume you're heading over to Chick-fil-A for those cheat meals. <laughs> you assumed right. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm more of a nugget fan than the chicken sandwich, but... Uh, that's normally just because I'm driving and it's easier to just, you know, pick. <laughs> that's fair. I won't hold it. Juggle a sandwich, you. <laughs> you know. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Very much appreciated. Um, loved getting to know you in Greenville and then a little bit more here today. Wish you nothing but the best. If someone doesn't already follow you on social media, where's the best place for them to connect with you? Yes. Um, connect with me on Instagram, uh, Mila Nuari, which is, uh, you see it on the screen. If you're listening through the podcast, um, you can catch me on TikTok. It's TikTok's fave realtor. Um, join us for some fun content there and uh, reach out, say hello. I'm always happy to meet new friends. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you, Katie. Have a great day.